Welcome back to the Digital Dive podcast, the conversation about tech. My name is Jacqueline Dallas. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Josh Kathani. I am one of your other co-hosts. Today, we take a look at Samsung's unpacked announcement, the end of the Samsung Galaxy Note lineup, a GoPro app, and iPad Pro rumor roundup, plus a ton more. Roll the intro. Did you see the Samsung Unpacked announcement and all the new phones that they're coming out with? Yes, Samsung actually had an Unpacked event and they actually released and unveiled three of its next A-series phones, that being the Galaxy A52, A52 5G, and the A72. We don't actually know any pricing for the US or Canada yet, but we do know in Europe and they look like it's going to be all around mid-range devices. I'm pretty excited for this. Jacqueline, what are your thoughts? You're a Samsung connoisseur. I feel like you know a lot more about Samsung than I do. So why don't you let us know what you think about the three new phones that were announced? It's actually really interesting because the budget mid range like sector is really heating up oh yeah i've been getting so many requests to test out the redmi note 10 which i actually like am testing now and there's like obviously like poco and redmi and xiaomi like that's really big in the mid-range but samsung is definitely coming for that so the a52 is kind of like the refresh for the a51 which i tested out earlier this year it looks really exciting at like 349 euro like i think it's a really good price and if you convert that to usd this is not a confirmed price but just a conversion would be like 415 dollars which is like kind of right in line and, and it has a lot of like what you would want in a flag so it has IP67 water and dust resistance, a brighter screen with a faster refresh rate. Yes. And it has a 64 megapixel main camera. However, what I will say about this is that with the A51, camera specs look pretty good as well, but then in actual practice, it was not that good. So megapixels are not the only qualifier for camera quality. Oh, 100%. I mean, look look at like LG, for example. They were packing on tons of megapixels for so many years. It didn't work. Or I think also Sony did the same thing, packing on tons and tons of megapixels. It was kind of hit or miss. Like some were fantastic and I felt like some were were kind of a little lackluster from what you'd expect from a phone that had like a, let's say for example, 108 megapixel camera. So I don't think megapixels are always what you need to look at when it comes to looking at a phone's camera abilities, because it really does vary based on the software because the software can do wonders. Google has shown that time and time again with their pixel lineup. But something I'm actually really excited about the Galaxy A52 and A52 5G is the faster refresh rate with the screen. So the normal A52's display is going to feature a 90 hertz refresh rate, whereas the A52 5G model will have a 120 hertz display. I really like this in a mid-range slash budget model of a phone. I feel like this is going to be cool. And I'm really, really excited for this because seeing higher refresh rate screens in smaller phones and cheaper phones means that we get that kind of technology more mainstream to more people. More people can actually just play with it and see how awesome it is to play with such high resolution and fast refresh rate screens. We were actually talking about this a while back, one of our like clips on our YouTube channel got recommended to me all about like Apple and high refresh rate and I rewatched it. And in that video, we were talking a lot about how a lot of companies are going to use high refresh rate as like one of the selling features of their phone mm -hmm. because in commercials, it's really easy to advertise that and to see a tangible difference between like 60 hertz and 90 hertz. So I think it's actually a really smart move to do that because I can already kind of see the commercials all about speed and stuff, especially with the octa-core processor and Android 11, One UI 3.0, like they're, it should hopefully be kind of fast. That that said, Samsung that I've tested, like the A51 last year, did not compare to the Pixel 4a, in my opinion. Like, it was a little worse. So hopefully this is a big step up. It seems like it's going to be, especially in screen technology. 6.5 inches is huge. It's massive. And the camera thing is definitely going to be interesting to see because, well, like the Samsung S20 Ultra, which is like over a year ago now, it had really high megapixels, but it actually had this focus fringing issue. Basically, like the aperture was like super wide open and there was a ton of megapixels and only a small part of the image was actually in focus and it was like focus fringing, etc. It's going to be interesting 
interesting to see what they do here. There's also an ultra wide and a macro. Last year, the A51 also had a macro camera and it was actually pretty good. Like the two megapixel macros are pretty bad, but this is a five megapixel macro. And I think at that five megapixels, it actually is like workable. So I'm super excited to see that. The colors look really cool. I think that Samsung is trying to make this like a fun device, like with the blue and the lavender. Oh yeah, the blue. I, I was literally going to comment on this. The like blue looks so sick. The blue looks fantastic. Something about it and its design and just the way that it is, it just, it seems so playful, but also at the same time, very, it looks structured, but playful. It looks kind of like the iPhone 10 or iPhone 11 in the sense that it has like these colors that make it seem playful, but you know, like the phone is like, it looks hefty. It looks like it actually has some half to it and it actually has, it looks like a good phone. It looks like a pretty solid, pretty decent phone. And I, I really like the colors for it. And also like it shows us that Samsung is kind of changing their business model with phones a little bit, in my opinion. So this is coming out around the same time that there was news that the Note may be delayed this year. There's like this rush on semiconductor parts and that Samsung is also saying that producing two flagships is tough in a year. This is like quoted in The Verge. So it may be delayed slash canceled. <laughs> and I think that it's really interesting actually because we're seeing them really focus on foldables. Like they're definitely going all in there because if they can kind of pioneer the technology and make it amazing in the same way that Apple was first with like a smartphone, they could be first with the foldable and they could be like the company that does foldables really well. Mm -hmm. And they're noticing, I think, a trend where people are buying less premium phones and they want like this more budget option, which I think is why this year they released like the S21 at a really reasonable price. And I think the A series is kind of just them filling out the lineup so you can get anything from super budget to premium to ultra premium with the S21 Ultra to ultra ultra premium with like the foldables. Darsh, what do you think this means for like the market if like the Note is no more? Like again, it's not confirmed, but in hypothetical scenario, Samsung gets rid of the Note device. Does anything fill that gap or what do you think happens with it? So here's the thing. My love for the Note comes from my love of using like a stylus with a device, AKA using my iPad. I feel like having the Note lineup was always so great because there's always so much versatility in the product in of itself. And I think the only thing that could actually take over the Note lineup where they feel like Samsung would be genuinely satisfied with it would be if the Samsung Galaxy Fold were to have pen capabilities. Because I feel like at that point, that's when the pen itself would be so much more useful versus adding it to the S21 Ultra, which they did this year. And I don't fully agree with that. I feel like that was just like a, they just just did it to say that they could do it. It wasn't for anything other than that. But if Samsung were to implement the pen into the Galaxy Fold lineup, I think that would be a great replacement for what the Note lineup is. It's supposed to be the best phone that Samsung has to offer. And what's better than a foldable screen with high powered specs and pen capabilities? That's just my, that's my guess. That's my opinion. I feel like if Samsung were to do that, that's something that I would be really, really excited for. I think that that eventually will happen. I think they'll probably, in my personal opinion, create the Note for another year or two mm -hmm. until the Fold can really mature and become a product without compromises and be a little bit less expensive. That's the thing, right? It's so it's so expensive and it's like not first generation, but it's still a second generation product. It's still not perfect. And there's still a long way to go before they can actually and actively put it into consumers' hands and be like, this is something that you want. Like, trust me, this is something you want. They need to be able to prove that and they haven't been able to prove that yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that the potential is really there. I used it for a while and I fell in love with it, but I also was very aware of the fact that it's not the device that most people should buy yet. Whereas the Note is like kind of the pinnacle of Android in a lot of ways, it's like, here's the best of the best to offer. I also know that a lot of people are buying the S lineup because it's a little bit more affordable and it offers a lot of the same experience. So I don't think it's a bad move to delay the Note this year. I'm obviously sad about it because the Note is one of my favorite phones. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to, to kind of see how business models of these companies shift. A lot of them are turning more to a service-based business model like Apple is trying to really hone in on that. Google is really honing in on that mid-range sector. And now Samsung seems to be doing the same by trying to keep premium, but also just run the gamut. 
gamut. And since they're such a big company, they have the ability to kind of run the gamut and offer tons of different devices at tons of different price points. It's going to be an interesting next like five years to see kind of how foldables develop and what that does to the smartphone industry as a whole. Actually, so there was a Samsung event, I believe it was for the Samsung Galaxy S3, S4. It's like a long time ago. And this is what actually put me on and made me kind of really, really crave and I guess just really want a foldable device. It was a Samsung event and it was like a pen almost or like a cylinder and the guy just pressed the top of it and it unrolled a screen out of the side. I thought that was the most interesting tablet that you could pick up. And I thought that that was actually coming out that year. And I was like, this is futuristic as heck. Like I really want to see this. And it, it didn't come out as a future like concept that they wanted to get to at some point. And if Samsung still is on, on that wave and they're trying to get to that point where they can offer us that product, I don't know about you, Jacqueline, but I feel like that kind of foldable for me is just something I'm so excited for. And I would love to see, but the foldable technology really does need to mature because it isn't there yet for it to be consumer centric. To be honest with you, like rollables are honestly a bit more interesting to me than foldables. Oh yeah. That just makes so much more sense in terms of like practicality of like, it's obviously going to be thinner. You're only going to have one display that just rolls out into a bigger one. It makes a lot of sense. There are durability issues with both, long way to go with both, but I think weird form factor phones are coming out. I'm actually working on a video about this because I just got like the LG wing a couple months back and I have not been able to make a full video about it because I really only ever want to make a video. If I think it's going to like perform and be interesting and stuff. And I just feel like that on its own won't be, but I want to include it in a video called like weird form factor phones or something like that. And kind of just talk about all the different form factors and what their benefits are, why they're coming out with them. I think personally as a hot take, the LG wing is not that cool to me. Like it's cool, but in terms of usefulness, I think that rollable and foldable phones are exponentially more useful. Oh, hundred percent. The thing is with a foldable, like the Galaxy Fold, that's something that's really useful for people who are, I would just want to say like power users, like real power users. And that kind of goes back to what we're talking about when it comes to the Galaxy Note and that either being delayed or canceled for this year. If the Note was always branded as that powerhouse of a device, and now we have the Fold, which is also meant for the power user, which one would you want to be suggesting. And so say for a year, they decide not to come out with the note. And then you only have the option for the S21 ultra or the fold. If you're a real power user, I feel like you might end up heading towards the fold because it's only maybe a couple hundred bucks more than the note usually is because the note is one of the priciest devices that Samsung sells. Not without reason. It's one of the, also the fastest. And I personally just think coolest phones that Samsung sells. It's my favorite phone that Samsung offers. I would love to see a combination between the note and the fold because it's, it's just so cool. But the one thing that Samsung always really impressed me with was camera ability and a camera company that's been in the news lately is actually GoPro. GoPro came out with a really cool app that creates instant highlight reels, basically taking your favorite photos and videos from your phone and then putting it together in almost like this video editing app that just does everything kind of for you slash you can do it and like edit it yourself and stuff. I think this is really, really cool. Jacqueline, did you see this? I did and I think it also is really cool and it I think it speaks to the time that we're living in where people are making reels all the time and compilations and putting out multiple pieces of content a day mm -hmm. and a lot of people are not necessarily versed in editing but they are content creators and this is definitely for them. Oh, 100%. That's a cool thing too, right? Like if you talk to anyone who has an Instagram account slash a TikTok account, I would call most of them content creators because they aren't just creating content for themselves anymore. They're creating content for people because they're amassing a following that isn't just their friends. And I think that's really, really cool. And an app like this that GoPro is able to offer is honestly just going to make and enable more creators to actually go and do their own thing, go out and become creators. And I think that's really, really cool. And what's even cooler actually about this app, I, I just feel like it's just from the images and from the renders that I've seen online, like 
it just seems really, really cool. And especially because you don't actually have to have a GoPro to use it. It's not like you're using your GoPro and it edits all the GoPro footage together. It uses your phone. It's very interesting. I, I think this is gonna be a really, really cool app that I actually would love to try out. But I think there is a fee. Is there a fee? Pretty sure there is one. There is a free trial, but then after that, it's not really expensive. There's just a fee. I think it's like $2 a month or $10 a year after you subscribe. Ah. So the free trial lets you create up to five murals. So honestly, not that bad. There are a ton of other applications on the market that do something similar. But I think the advantage of GoPro is that they kind of have a brand name. Mm -hmm. So they'll have a little advantage in like getting people just to try it because they're interested. And then if they can execute and really create an interesting product that works really well, I think they're in a good spot. And it's kind of coming out at the perfect time because YouTube Shorts just got announced in the United States, which is like short form content on YouTube. And this is definitely appealing to that because again, with YouTube Shorts, like oftentimes it's either coming from a longer video and you want to cut up or it's just like you take a bunch of shots and you want to cut up. And this app like uses AI to help you do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think that TikTok and Shorts and all these other things, Reels, have created this market where there are so many new content creators and a lot of them are not coming from like a background like you or I have where we're like super well versed in editing and stuff, but they maybe are better at storytelling than we are. Mm -hmm. Like they're able to tell a story and get you hooked in like 0 0.05 of a second, which is what you really need to do. Like less than a second, you need to have the viewer hooked for like a reel or a short because it goes so fast. So like they have the storytelling chops and that I think actually is harder to learn than editing, but because there's applications like this that help with editing, it's kind of going to bridge that gap and let them express themselves creatively. So actually I'm super excited to see it. I think time will tell if it's good, like we'll have to try it, but it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think it's honestly a really cool idea. And you're right in a time right now where like snackable content, and I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this word or this this concept, snackable content. I was in first year and I was working for the my university. I was working for the residences and I was working in their marketing team and we were going through our training and they introduced the idea of snackable content to us. And I'd been a huge advocate for it since. And when TikTok came out, I was like, this is literally snackable content. And I know exactly why this is going to blow up. It's because it's quick, short form media that we can easily watch and get entertained by. And the cool thing about Mural, creating murals in this app, in this GoPro quick app, you're essentially creating these really cool memories that are kind of piecing together its own story. So one of the things that they're saying is that the app in itself is going to get rid of the need to scroll through your camera roll all the time. Rather, you end up just looking through these quick little short video montages of different days and adventures, which I think is really cool and really, really memorable for a lot of people, especially like people like myself who are just super, super nostalgic all the time for some reason. Yeah, I love looking back at photos. Literally every week, I probably go through my camera roll and just look back at stuff. And it's actually kind of interesting too. In the Apple Photos app, they have something similar to this where like, it will be like June and then it will show you like everything that went on in June and like a little montage. Yeah. And I love looking at those. They're not like amazingly edited or anything, but they get the point across. And yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about it. This is like kind of a quick topic. The next thing that Darsh and I want to talk about is actually kind of taking the tech world by storm a little bit. It's the iPad Pro rumor roundup. And with this, tons of speculation that they were going to announce something on March 23rd. There was supposed to be an invite going out earlier this week and John Prosner, a good friend of mine, and I think I just mispronounced his name, but from Page Tech, basically was talking a little bit about it and like committed to shaving his eyebrows if it didn't happen. And it did not happen. No. Yeah. Did he shave it? I think he's going to, yeah. He said he was a man oh of his word goodness. and he's going to do it. So big claims there. And the crazy thing is that multiple people were reporting that there was going to be this invite. Either Apple found out everyone was reporting it and they wanted to discredit a lot of leakers so they changed the date or they just got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Either is possible, but the event is going to probably be in April now. And one of the main things coming out is the iPad Pro. And Darsh, you already use an iPad Pro. So I think kind of getting like your take on if these updates are going to be significant. And maybe we should just start out by saying what the rumor updates are. Okay. So the iPad Pro 2021 rumors and leaks kind of compiled together. So for the first thing that they're rumored to show up is a mini LED screen. Now, I don't even fully understand how this is going to work, but take from that what you will. But what they're saying that I'm really excited about is a new chipset that is 
it's going to be quote unquote on par with the M1 Silicon that's right now inside the MacBook Air M1 and the MacBook Pro M1. And through the Thunderbolt connectivity, I feel like this is going to be a really, really cool way to actually just kind of use your iPad because it's going to offer an increased amount of speed and performance. I use my iPad for mostly schoolwork, but a lot, a lot of photo editing. And I haven't been going on photo shoots as much as I used to, but it's something that I find a lot of fun to do on my iPad just because I get to play with the photo with my fingers. Doing that and getting to manipulate it myself with my hands makes me feel a lot more hands-on with it. It's less computed and it's more just natural. The mini LED thing, just to clarify, it's basically going to allow for better clarity and better color accuracy on the display. No way. Hopefully. Oh my goodness. So here's the thing too, right? Like the iPad Pro is fantastic with its screen. The panel on there is just beautiful. For me, I just think it's a very fair screen. Like it's not overcompensating in any kind of direction. I think it just does a really, really good job at what it is. And with its promotion makes it so much better. But I would love to see 120 hertz consistent throughout while I use my iPad at Apple. If you are listening, please. The thing is like, so right now they're currently using LCD displays. Mm -hmm. If they move to mini LED, basically because the LEDs are smaller, there is like this improved contrast ratio, truer black tones and also improved brightness. So there's a ton of improvement there. And I think why that is super helpful. A lot of people use the iPad Pro for artistry to have color accuracy and contrast and stuff like it's just going to be huge. Also, there's the Apple Pencil 3 leak that's coming out. Supposedly, Apple could be moving back to the shiny design. Some people are reporting and replaceable tips again, interchangeable. There also is the rumor that it's going to be slightly thicker, but honestly, it's 0.5 millimeters. So I don't think that's going to be a major thing. But I think the reason why the thickness might get slightly thicker is because of the display. It might take up a little bit more room. But for me, I think the most exciting thing is that if they go with like an M1 chip, we could eventually see like this merging of like the Mac lineup and the iPad Pro lineup. Like I think Apple Silicon like really leads to a lot of opportunities going like 10 years in the future. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that. That's the thing that I've been saying for so long. Like my sister went out and bought a new laptop this year. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, honestly, besides like the odd one or two application that actually require like a computer, I feel like you could do a lot of work and get a lot to, a lot of stuff done on an iPad. I was genuinely trying to convince her and my, my family, like pretty much everyone just to switch to an iPad and get like the magic keyboard or something. I failed with that because everyone still wants a computer. No one, no one's on that new wave like me, but yeah, I personally am not on that wave. Like I think it's cool, but I just find that I'm so much more productive and it's easier to get everything done when I'm on a computer versus an iPad, even if the iPad can do most of what I want. That's why I've kind of gone back to like a simplistic kind of outlook on everything. Like I told you, I want the iPhone 12 mini. I really badly want the iPhone 12 mini just because I don't want to be on my phone. I want to have just an iPad and like magic keyboard just so I can literally sit down and just do one thing at a time. I feel like one of the things that computers have kind of led us to do is just be so, I guess, just all over the place. We're all sporadic in everything that we do and we're always doing so many different things at once. For example... Jacqueline, you and I are on a Zoom call on my computer while I also am looking at our list of topics for this week. I have both of these things going on at once while we're also having a conversation and recording it. So that's three different things that are going on all at one time on my computer. I would love just to have one thing going on always, just always one thing. I feel like that's just like a simpler time that I want to go back to, but that's a little bit of a side tangent. Apologize to everyone who's had to hear that. No, I think it's actually really relevant because the iPad Pro can do multitasking and like the software updates in iOS 14 have helped a lot. Mm -hmm. However, if you need to get stuff done, I think it's more of a challenge to do it on an iPad Pro versus just doing it on a computer like it's just easier like it takes more work to get the same result I feel like oh 100% because it's just like the software isn't there yet and that's why when you say like seeing a future where the iPad Pro and even a MacBook could be comparable to one another and they kind of blend together it'd just be a really really cool future that I I would personally just like to see I mean I don't know exactly how Mac OS would become touch capable or if iPad OS would become more like Mac OS like something in between I, I don't know but I think the iPad Pro is a very interesting device that deserves the attention that it gets and the new specs that we're looking 
looking at, especially with the 12 inch model and the 12.9 inch model and the 11 inch model. I think it's going to be pretty cool, especially because they're not really changing the pricing for it either. It's rumored to stay around the same. Now it's going to have Thunderbolt, it's going to have a better screen, maybe even a new pencil. There's all these really cool rumors for this iPad, which has me so stoked for it. And one of the things I've actually been using my iPad for a lot as of late has been for when I'm cooking. Funny enough, I bring out my iPad instead of my laptop to play like music or movies and stuff like that, especially when I make coffee in the morning too. It's nice just because I have like that screen there so I can like, if I'm watching like Philip DeFranco in the morning or if I'm watching something that actually requires like a little bit of attention, but I don't want to bring out my laptop and take it out of its setup, I can do everything with my iPad like that, which is great for when I'm making coffee like I did an hour ago, but I'm feeling like another one. We need another one right now. I need another one. So yesterday was St. Patrick's Day for everyone who was celebrating. Hope you had a happy St. Patrick's Day. And you know, one of the things that I learned when I was visiting my cousins in Spain is there's a very specific type of coffee called an Irish coffee. Yes, I've heard of that. Can you guess what's in it, Jacqueline? I think it's alcohol, right? It's a shot of whiskey and it's a shot of espresso. It's a very interesting drink. Do not recommend it. I did not like it. <laughs> I thought that was going to go a different way. Oh no, I feel like everyone thought that was going to go I personally am not a huge fan of it. It just, I felt like it was just too much, too many flavors going on at once. But if you guys are of legal age, I recommend you go try it because it's something cool and it's a St. Patty's themed drink, even though you guys are going to hear this a week after St. Patrick's Day. Just a cool thought. Try it anyways. We'll take a break. When we come back, BMW i4 is the topic of discussion. We got to talk about it. And then some stuff that Darsh and I like this week and the Google Nest Hub upgrade and what it means. Darsh is going to be an expert on this because he is on that <laughs> smart automation kick. Yeah, let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. I hope you got something to drink. Maybe if it is a good time of day, grab an Irish coffee first thing in the morning if you're <laughs> listening to this Monday morning, like you should be because we post every Monday at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. And if you didn't already know that, then now you do. Unless we have any mishaps or any issues, you will find it on Twitter at Digital DivePod. So make sure you guys are following us on our socials so you guys know what's going on with the podcast. But every Monday. Before we hop into the BMW i4, I just want to say, Next Monday, we're actually skipping an episode. So I want to give you guys an advance notice. I can't really specify why, but Luke and I are working on something for MBT. You guys will see it soon if you follow MBT. It's actually really cool. Super excited about it. And Darsh, thank you like for being so understanding. No, of course. I do apologize to everyone listening. We'll be back the following week with our regularly scheduled episodes, and then we're back on the grind. Sounds like a plan. Anywho, talking about grind, BMW has been grinding a lot lately, especially on their new i4, which is their first electric sedan. We've seen the exterior of it, so we haven't actually seen the interior. So everything I'm saying right now is just based off what I'm looking at. It looks amazing. Dude, it's like a dream car. It looks like the i8. It looks like the i8 and the new M4 had a baby and now it's called the i4. I don't really love like the look of it from the side. I love it from like the 90 degree angle, but like straight up from the side profile, I think it looks a little like weird because of the blue stripe at the bottom. For anyone that doesn't know, you guys can just like look it up. The Verge has an article on it, but do you like the design, Darsh? I'm like weird about it. So I like it, but I don't know how I feel about all the blue trim. I feel like that's something I'd want to get off because I feel like it looks a little, not tacky, but I feel like it just, it's not really my vibe. If I wanted blue, I'd go for a full blue car with maybe white accents, but I wouldn't go with blue accents on a white car. The overall design is like, seems pretty cool. It looks like a nice mix between mean and sturdy, but also comfort and I guess just futuristic. Like that, I think that's probably the easy way to describe it. It just looks really, really futuristic. It does, yeah. And it shows it too with everything that it does. It has LED headlights that look super, super futuristic. The design lines in and of itself make it look like it's a 
mean, lean machine, but it's also because of its four-door capacity and its stance, I guess. Stance doesn't look as mean, but from the front, it looks really mean. So it's like this nice little mix between the two. I think this is just a really cool and interesting car just to bring up because it, it brings up a whole new conversation about EVs and electric vehicles in general. Looking back maybe three or four years ago, talking about Tesla, thinking about how cool Tesla was and one of the big first pushes that got us really into electric vehicles, at least for me, that's that's what got me really interested in them. Seeing that BMW, such a huge company, is coming out with an electric sedan that's like actually meant for the masses, that has me really excited. And I think it brings up a whole new introduction of just how awesome, I guess, electric vehicles can be and how cool they can really look. Do we have a price point on it? I don't think so yet, right? We don't actually have one, but it's cool because I don't know where it's going to end up falling in terms of pricing. My guess, I think, would be somewhere around 60, maybe $50,000 USD. Interesting. I would guess. How much is the i3? I mean, it's electric, so it's probably going to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. The i3 is also actually electric, I think. The i3 EV, yeah. Yeah. This is the first follow-up since the i3. The i3, I didn't like. I, I won't even lie. Dude, the i3 looks horrible. It looks like a smart right car. Now. It looks like... A, I hate the way that looks. Yeah, it looks yeah. literally like a it's smart 47, car. It's 47000 This looks totally different, though. This looks kind of like a flagship sports kind of car. Mm -hmm. It looks really classy and stuff, whereas the i3 looks like kind of a cartoon car. If you spend forty-seven grand on this, like, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just... It's not, not the vibe. But I guess, like, one of the main reasons why people are buying IVs in general is for the electric part. So there is some improvements here. The i4 is going to have 300 miles of max range and then roughly around like 530 horsepower or like 390 kW. I don't even know what that <laughs> metric is to be honest with you. 530 horsepower sounds really great and that's delivered from a single motor and obviously there are going to be multiple configurations of it but I have yet to see someone compare to Tesla in terms of charging network. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the charging network. I know that Tesla has really extended the invite for a lot of companies to use their charging network. Very few companies have taken them up on it. So until someone can really offer a charging network that's as good as Tesla's, I don't think that there's going to be like a Tesla killer anytime soon. We talked about this before actually, right? Like why companies don't do it. So my question to you is, do you think that this car when it comes out will be taking away from Tesla and like the cars that they sell or will it just be people that want a BMW that get this car instead? See, that's the thing. I couldn't tell you because for example, for myself, I'm thinking like, okay, as a car person, I feel like if you're really into cars, you're not going to want an EV. And that's just because if you are really into cars, you want to see the engine. You don't want to have an approximate amount of horsepower. You want to know how much horsepower you're getting off that car. And in this case, 530 horsepower is a lot. It's pretty dope. I'd personally be into it, but I don't know if BMW like fanatics, BMW fans, like people who are really into cars would want to pull off an EV. I feel like BMW is trying to reach the electric market. The people who are actually interested in buying an electric car, they're trying to attract them, not their current clientele. Maybe a slight portion of them, but I feel like the current clientele is a lot more focused towards just like performance vehicles. But BMW doing this with the i4 and it, it being a follow-up to the i3, this is very much trying to bring in more individuals who are actually interested in electric vehicle from BMW. And it's also maybe their attempt to show that there's more electric vehicles coming because Audi just released their e-tron GT, which is their competitor to the Porsche Taycan and the Tesla Model S Plaid. So maybe this is their way of showing that. So many companies are coming out with cars and stuff, which is really exciting. But I still think that range anxiety is a thing. 300 miles is obviously great. But if you're taking a really long road trip, like you're probably going to need to stop at least once or twice. There still is not, depending on where you live, a huge network of chargers. It's getting much better. But for me personally, I don't know if I would buy an electric car because I don't think I'm responsible enough to like plan out my trip. And I would constantly have anxiety that I was going to like run out somewhere. We're going to see more and more people buy electric vehicles. 
but we really need to see it become like an electric vehicle station become as common as a gas station for it to really become like widely adopted. Oh, 100%. I feel like I actually don't know any genuine like electric charging stations. I only know gas stations. I know there are like certain spots where electric cars can charge. Like I think it was the head office for my school board when I was in high school. I used to go there for meetings for like a club I was part of. When I was going for meetings, I'd be parking my car just to go inside. I'd always see an EV station, literally a charging station. There'd always be one or two cars there. And they were always charging off it. I know that they have those in parking lots, but I don't know if they actually have like stations for it, at least from what I've seen where I grew up and where I was around. But I would be really excited to see like an actual, just like maybe not Tesla, but like any other company, just a charging station. That's the issue, right? We need a central, like one type charger fits all. And then we can have all those different charging stations blow up everywhere instead of just gas stations, you know? That's why it'd be great if a lot of more companies took Tesla up on their offer. Oh, 100%. It's interesting though. Obviously they're competitors and like we're all working towards this mission of a healthier future though. And I think that Tesla has been pretty open with sharing that technology but there are, of course, like hidden motives and caveats and stuff like that. Horrible transition here. I just want to quickly mention, Darsh, did you see the Intel thing with the M1 processor? I'm not sure, actually. I'm going to quickly tell everyone, this is like your call to action for the episode. I want to hear what you guys think on Twitter. Apple used to make these advertisements called PC versus Mac. Oh, wait, that one. Yeah. So they had this guy who always played the Mac and he was super cool and stuff. And obviously now Apple's kind of coming for Intel a little bit with the new M1 chips and Apple Silicon as a whole. So Intel hired the guy that used to do the Mac advertisements and and had him in an advertisement mocking Mac. And it was pretty tone deaf and also just kind of embarrassing for them, in my opinion. I feel like it was very childish of them. And I, I was going to bring it up in Stuff We Like this week because I just thought it was so funny. I literally saw it because I used to love those commercials because it was always Mac versus PC. And he was always talking about how easy it was to use a Mac. And then the PC character would come in and they'd be talking about how hard it was or like how many issues they were having with that PC. And I felt like that was already a really childish like back and forth, but it was like in both. I thought it was kind of funny. It, it, was, it was like an Apple and like Microsoft's like banter back and forth between the two of them. I feel like that was okay but now intel is kind of stepping into the ring and trying to like make fun or poke fun as well and i feel like it just that was just not really necessary i think it also would have been really funny if it was done right but they really had nothing to criticize so like the criticism wasn't really related to the m1 because obviously the m1 is like a superior chip in a lot of ways so it just felt kind of out of touch and like also like they know that their future is like not as good now because of apple and also that actor man like the check must have been pretty good to do that because it's going to be hard now to ever book anything with apple that's it actually it would kind of be the ultimate move for apple to hire them back so maybe not i don't know i personally think it's kind of a weird move it would have been really funny if done right but it just did not do right wasn't a huge fan of it but something i actually was a huge fan of this week was google's new nest hub upgrade so for everyone who's been listening to the podcast for a while i feel like most of you would know by now i'm huge into home automation and pretty much everything in my room i feel like at this point is kind of automated to the point where my morning routine is literally so contingent on my google home and my google nest hub working whereas the other day like my wi-fi cut out apparently and it disconnected from my nest hub that morning i didn't wake up on time people didn't die but like it caused a lot of havoc for me it was a very very serious situation that's crazy you know it's crazy I, it's such an integral part of my day that like while it was offline i genuinely noticed the difference to a point where before i realized what the wi-fi issue was i ended up resetting all of my google homes trying to fix it i lived without them for a day or two days and i realized how integrated they are into like just my day-to-day -day use it is crazy how reliant we are on technology but especially like you with the hub and stuff like it definitely is really part of your workflow mm -hmm. or like just like, your life how do the updates affect that so there's a couple of upgrades so the first one is there's going to be three new colors or there's four colors in total now instead of the original two there's a light blue color that's calling mist there's a light pink a light gray and a dark gray i personally right now have the dark gray one i really like it but i would go for the light blue i feel like that that's really just me in terms of personality anyway the bezel on the screen is going to be flush with the frame so it means it's going to be easier to clean and overall it's just going to look a little bit nicer everything else with the display remains unchanged though it's the same 1024 by 600 pixel lcd panel that google already had with the ambient 
ambient brightness and color adjustment that was already offered. There isn't a camera on the Nest Hub, but on the Nest Hub Max, there is. For me, when I was thinking about which one to pick up, I picked up the Nest Hub because I just wanted to try it. I think my next purchase will probably be the Nest Hub Max. And it's going to be honestly because the Nest Hub Max has a Nest camera in it. It's literally like having a camera in my room at all times. I feel like that just makes me feel so much safer, but also kind of sussed out. But it, it's just, it's interesting there. It's also going to have a better speaker because it is a speaker. As I feel like everyone knows, it's still a Google Hub or Google Home. It is a speaker first and foremost. I feel like that's the start of it. And there's just basically going to be new chips inside that help it respond better to your voice commands. Because I know there's still a ton of people like myself who will ask Google something and Google won't know what I'm talking about. She still has a lot to learn and it's going to be some time before she learns everything. But for right now, she does a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting how integral smart assistants are also just like in our life and stuff. Mm -hmm. We had um, Joan Jung on the podcast yeah. who's like the head of smart things at uh, Samsung. There's a lot of like new products coming out in this arena and I think it's going to become more and more part of our life. I've been using the HomePod Mini for a while mm -hmm. and that has become actually a huge part of my life, but more so for listening to stuff than like smart assistants. See, that's the thing. So for me, it's become smart assistants. Like it's literally everything to a point where I tell my Google at least once a day to set a timer for something or the other, or I have her set up something in my calendar, or I even have Google Duo set up on there so I can call my parents directly from my screen. So say I was like really lazy in bed one morning, I could literally just press a button or ask Google to call my mom for me. And I feel like that'd be, that's just really, really cool. The biggest feature that I didn't touch on yet that I wanted to just kind of let stir in your brains a little bit is actually the ability to track your sleep, which I think is really cool because you're not wearing anything. If you're wearing an Apple watch and you go to bed or you're wearing a Fitbit and you go to bed and you wake up the next morning, it tracks your sleep patterns. This is actually using solely technology, solely sensor technology to track your sleep. How does it work? So I don't know necessarily exactly how it works, but I know that it was available in the Pixel 4. They introduced it at first then. Now the solely technology is also in the Nest thermostats. From what I kind of gather from it, it's basically using the sensors to check your sleep schedule, your routines, and give you a summary of like kind of how your sleep kind of goes, how like consistent you are and like having good REM sleep. What it probably does from my understanding of it, it'd be using like maybe the ambient light sensors to notice if there's like shadows shifting in your room at night, seeing if like you're moving a ton or using the microphones to try to capture a little bit of audio, seeing if like you're ruffling around in bed. So it means you're having non-peaceful sleep, stuff like that. Or if you're coughing or snoring through the night, if it's hearing that, it'll tell you how like well your sleep was and so on and so forth. I don't know exactly how it works and I definitely have to try it out. It's not evaluating your sleep cycles. They haven't ruled that out yet. It's more just kind of tracking on if your sleep was good or not. Regardless, I think this is going to be a really cool feature that I want to try out because I'm just super accessible to my Google Nest. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that too. I use the Aura Ring to track my sleep. Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, I sponsored by them in the past. It's a really cool thing to like just evaluate your sleep and like know what happened and what went wrong. So if they're able to figure it out where it doesn't have to actually be on you mm -hmm. and still be accurate, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I think it's going to be dope. It's going to be a really cool thing to test out. And I, you guys can definitely bet that I'm going to make a video on this because this is something that I actually really, really find interesting. I think it's something I'd really like to make a video on. All right, well, I think that actually leads us like perfectly into stuff we like this week. My first one for this week is actually something that I've been using to like fall asleep and get up peacefully. And it's an application called Headspace, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. It's like this meditation application, but they also have soundscapes on it. I love the sound of rain. It's like my favorite weather. And I love like the sound of a thunderstorm. And like you can literally toggle that and just have like endless hours of that. So I've been loving it. Sometimes I just listen to it like during the day and it's been awesome. So that's my first one for this week. I really respect that. I've actually used Headspace a ton in the past three years of university. It does come in very, very useful. My stuff we like this week, one of mine, it probably has to be the show New Girl. I don't know if I've brought this up before in stuff we like this week, but I've been on like a New Girl kick as of late. It's like one of my favorite shows from high school. Like I used to watch a lot with my friends. My friends and I literally used to like give each other names as if we were all in part of the TV show and stuff like that. It's a dope show. I really liked it. It's basically about a girl who joins a group of guys in an apartment and she sublets out a room and she's living with them and she becomes their friend and like it's like their relationship over the course of a couple of years living together. I think 
think it's really cool. Maybe for me, just because I relate to it so much, but it's a it's a really cool show. Highly recommend it. Definitely go check it out. It has Zoe Deschanel and a bunch of other really, really cool actors. Definitely, definitely recommend it. I love that show, actually. Um, that's a great one. Did you recognize from the Intel commercial, the Mac guy, he's one of the characters in New Girl. Well, he wasn't for like, he was for like a season. Oh my gosh, no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's the first thing I recognized. I was like, I was like, he did the Mac commercials? What? That's funny. I, yeah, I, I haven't watched like the whole series, so I haven't, I guess I didn't see the episodes with him yet. Wow, that's so interesting. Good for him. I guess he's making his rounds. Oh, 100%. All right, my second one for this week is actually the Grammys were last week or this week. I don't even remember. Were they this week? Yeah, they were this week. Harry Styles won some stuff, right? I saw all, all over my friend's friend story. Yeah, Harry Styles won, Dua Lipa won, Taylor Swift won, Ooh. Billie Eilish won. So many talented artists. It was really cool. I think it's a little weird that they did it like during the pandemic because mm-hmm. there were a ton of people there. And in the US right now, things are not going so well, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Kind of bizarre they did it. However, the performances were incredible. So like Harry Styles did Watermelon Sugar High, or I think it's just called Watermelon Sugar, which he like crushed the performance. And then Taylor Swift did three different songs. So she started out with Cardigan, transitioned into August, and then finished off with Willow from her new album. And she was like, phenomenal wow yeah that was my stuff we liked this week i actually like for the first time like watched the full thing and it was really cool i actually had to go watch the grammys because i heard there was a ton of cool performances and the fashion apparently was insane i saw harry styles outfit i thought it looked dope so definitely want to go look at that a little bit further but something i really liked this week that i found the toronto raptors that won the nba championship two years ago had a single player on the team who is now left i believe he's on the clippers his name is sergey ibaka sergey ibaka is first and foremost a basketball player second he is a chef but now i found out he is also a musician because he came out with a song called champion and i've been listening to it on repeat for a week wow is it good it's so it's like it's such a summer song it's in french so he's a he's a native french speaker i don't fully understand the song i understand it enough where i can like sit down and like enjoy it but wait dude do you speak french technically i'm like fluent but like i'm not i've taken french my entire life up until university wow yeah i forgot a lot of people in canada know french it's like how you guys might learn spanish in like school we learn french from like a young age dude can i put you on the spot right now can you say something in french is there anything specific you want me to try to say i feel like i don't can you say hello my name is darsh Bonjour, je m'appelle Darsh. Oh my gosh, dude, you're a genius. I mean, that's like, that's a really easy phrase, but <laughs> I appreciate the gas. No, yeah, so Champion by Sergei Ibaka. Highly recommend it. It's in French. It kind of sounds a little Spanish at times. I feel like just with the beat, I maybe I listen to a lot of Spanish music, that's why, but highly recommend it. Really cool song. Check it out. It has me so excited for the summer. It's going to be dope. Yeah, weirdly, I've been like super excited for the fall, which is just so far off. The fall? Oh my goodness. I don't know what happened like this week. Like I just got like fall vibes and I was just like, oh, I can't wait oh, for no, fall. Oh no, I get that. With the weather this week, oh my goodness, 100%. It's been so warm here for some reason and it's just been nice. Yeah, it's like September to December is my favorite time of the year and I just like look forward to literally all year long so i'm super excited for that it's still so far away like we have a full summer to get through first okay last thing for me this week halsey's album manic is really good and i've been listening to that on repeat i actually have to listen to halsey i used to listen to a lot when i was in high school one of my buddies halsey's the one who did closer no that's chain smokers no she she collabed with them it's closer right that was halsey and the chain smokers okay that's what i thought because i was i was like i was like yo like that song was like was a banger and it's one of my, one of my buddies like one of our favorite songs that we listen to together it's it's a good song i like halsey yeah she's awesome Awesome. Have to listen to your new album then for sure. Yeah, the album's actually not that new. But I've just been like re-listening to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my lesson for this week. Do you have anything else for this week? So I have one last one. Now, it hasn't happened yet, but by the time you listen to this, it would have happened. And that'd be episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I am so excited for this miniseries on Disney+. Plus. You have no idea just because I'm a huge Marvel fanatic. That kind of sounded like an ad and it's not, but like Marvel, like hit me up. But anyway. Yeah, dude, you that actually be the perfect brand sponsorship because you literally talk about them all the time. I love Like Marvel. so much of the point that 
now I want to check it out and I'm not even a fan. I'm telling you, you got to do a binge of all the movies and then you got to sit down and watch the miniseries. WandaVision was fantastic and I'm so excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which comes out tomorrow. You will definitely hear me tweeting about it or see me tweeting about it over the weekend. Yeah, if you guys saw my tweets about it and you guys saw it too, tweet at me. I'm so down to have a conversation about the first episode when it comes out. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I bet Luke is also going to be super stoked about that. Hopefully, Luke, you have some time to actually listen to it. He works like all the time. He's always working. Um, And that smoothly leads us into the end of the episode. Thank you so much to Luke. Fabricator, I think I pronounced it right, or Fabricator. Yeah, I think I think so. I asked Luke how to pronounce it, and I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. Luke, if I got it wrong again, I'm actually an idiot, and I'm sorry. Thank you so much to Adil Constantine for our incredible intro and outro music, and thank you for listening to this episode. We will catch you, not the next week, but the week after that. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, if you did enjoy the episode, make sure to drop a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it, and we read all of them. Every time you guys leave us a comment rating, it's fantastic to see. Make sure also to follow us on our socials, on our personals, and even on the Digital Dive at Digital Dive Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We hit over 100 followers on Instagram the other day and I felt so accomplished. Wait, how? We never use the account. We have the account, but we don't use it. And it just keeps growing and it just shows us that we have such a great community of people who keep coming into the community. How are they even finding it though? I'm like so confused right now. Exactly. So uh, for all of our new listeners, thank you for joining us today. And if you like it, come back. We're going to be posting every week. This episode comes out on Monday, 7 a.m. Central. 8 a.m. Eastern. The week after, we'll not be having an episode, so you guys are going to get a little bit of a break from hearing me yell into your ears about how much I love Marvel and coffee. That's about it, guys. Hope you did enjoy this episode. That's it. Have a great week. Have a great week, guys. Bye. See you.